Jaron Solomon here with Solomon Brothers Jewelers to help you find the perfect Valentine's Day gift this year. Solomon Brothers Jewelers has hundreds of classic jewelry gifts in stock and ready to be gift wrapped. Shop our huge selection of brilliant diamond jewelry, vibrant gemstone styles, or classic pearls. No matter the budget, our experienced diamond experts will help you select the perfect gift for the one you love. Browse our Valentine's Day gift guide online or visit us at Solomon Brothers Jewelers in Buckhead or Alpharetta online at SolomonBrothers.com. On another exciting episode of the Animation Deliberation Podcast, we have double the episodes, double the Star Wars storytelling, and the same amount of ads. We're going to get to all of that and much more right after these ads we have no control over. Valentine's Day is right around the corner and love is in the air. Jaron Solomon here to tell you about a very special Valentine's Day offer. Spend $4.99 or more and get anywhere from a pair of Apple AirPods to a MacBook Pro. Get a special gift for the one you love and get a gift for yourself. So celebrate your love story with a gift that's made to last a lifetime. Browse our Valentine's Day gift guide online or visit us at Solomon Brothers in Bucket or Alpharetta online at SolomonBrothers.com. Sing along if you know the words. Double your pleasure, double your fun. Sorry, I'm just kidding. kidding. (laughs) Animation, deliberation, a conversation, and a celebration of our favorite action animated series. Yeah, 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 yeah. Welcome back to another episode of Animation Deliberation, the podcast where we take anima- action, animation, and cartoon seriously, but not too seriously. We are your hosts. I am Zuhara Lee. My name is Jay Scotty St. Clair. And I am Andrew Rogers. There is another song that crossed my mind when I was watching the episode. There was one point when there was like, and this is something worth fighting for. And in my head, it's like, a clone worth fighting for. One more thrown in the extra songs. I had to get that one out there. Yeah. Nice. But as we said at the top, uh, we unexpectedly got two episodes of Bad Batch. We're not complaining. Uh, let's get to these synopses and uh, let's talk about it. We're excited. Indeed. I, I just kind of say real quickly, I'll be curious to see what the reason that they did these two episodes. I don't know if they're trying to like move up the schedule to make room for all the things that are coming down the pike, like Mandalorian Season 3, Star Wars Celebration the Jedi Survivor game, or if it's just the fact that these episodes kind of work in tandem as well as they did. I'll be curious to see what the future holds. But Yeah, because we didn't hear anything beforehand where it's like things like Last of Us were like, hey, we're pushing this episode so it doesn't conflict with the Super Bowl. So it's yeah. like, we didn't quite get anything that specifies like why they're doing it. It's just surprise. Right. Yeah. So pleasant surprise, but yeah, surprise oh, nonetheless. Yeah. So, all right. Season two, episode seven, The Clone Conspiracy. In the Imperial Senate, Rampart pushes for the passing of a bill authorizing the military recruitment of Imperial citizens, meaning that clones will be officially discarded. Senator Ryo Chuchi, or Chichi, as it sounded like it was pronounced to me during the episode, who defends the clones' fundamental rights is approached by clone trooper Slip, whose friend Cade was murdered on Rampart's orders when he defied the official version of Camino's destruction by a storm disaster. Chichi begins to investigate Rampart's conspiracy, alerting the Admiral. The Admiral, not Admiral, he's not Admiral Admiral. at all, (laughs) Uh, who sends an assassin after Slip. Just as Chichi tries to convince Slip to testify, the assassin kills him. Before Chichi can suffer the same fate, she is rescued by Rex, whom Slip has summoned for help. The assassin, a clone, kills himself as he is questioned. 
And then leading into our second episode of this double feature, Truth and Consequences, Rex contacts the Bad Batch and asks them to join him and Chuchi, who tells them about Rampart's plot. To provide evidence against him, Rex asks the Batch to retrieve Slip's copy of Rampart's command log from his... Venator? Venator, yeah. I thought there was another N in there, like Venator. No. <laughs> it's a Doofenshmirtz line at that point. Uh, Venator <laughs> class Star Destroyer, which is undergoing planet side maintenance. While Omega accompanies Chuchi, who tries to get support from more senators, Rex and the rest of the batch sneak aboard the cruiser to retrieve the data, but trigger, trigger an alarm and barely escape. The next morning, Chuchi accuses Rampart before the Senate, and with the data in her hands, Rampart is arrested. However, Emperor Palpatine personally orders the Imperial Recruitment Bill to be passed, proving that with his goal all along. Before the Batch leave Coruscant, Echo decides to stay with Rex and Chuchi to help fighting for clones' rights. A new Imperial Stormtrooper. Oh man, his delivery on those lines is so good. Um, I want to knock out the the technical stuff real quick. Uh, okay. We're we're suckers for good lighting on this. As mm-hmm. usual, it was incredible. I was watching with like my my hue lights synced up, so the whole room was like changing colors. Like with the scene, it's just so beautiful. Ooh. I also don't know how people like just watch these episodes on their laptop because like the sound design is just so incredible. Especially when you have surround sound, you can just hear it like. It's, ah, it's so good it gives me chills but mm-hmm. the new thing on this that i really appreciate is kind of like one of the big things of rogue one and that was kind of like how they show scale and mm. seeing the bad batch like running across the ship and actually having those like dramatic zoom out of the camera angles and like seeing these tiny people like going across i was very very impressed with that yeah every time we get people with a star destroyer I realize I forget how big they are because yeah. you're just like, oh yeah, it's kind of like a decent size ship. And you're like, no, you could probably fit thousands of people on one of those things and have room mm. to spare. Yeah. Well, I guess while we're speaking on the more technical aspects of the show, um, I just kind of want to get it right out of the way. The end of the first episode, that score, Kevin Kleiner's score again, like really, really resonated with that. The end of that first episode that like really, stuck out to me that and i mean the senate music whenever they have Mm -hmm. to you know draw you in during any of those senate scenes i am fully engrossed in whatever political drama is going on yeah but you know we talk about the stuff we've been itching for too oh yeah you're gonna hear me gush about that for sure don't you worry Mm. but the beginning of episode seven really reminded me of the beginning of attack of the clones Music wise, mm. music actually the, the totals vibe wise because it's an assassin going a, you oh. know, on a meeting that no one's familiar with. And it's just the intensity of that. I was like, oh, I love this. Yeah, I felt that too. Another happy landing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I mean, and you talk about technical things. Got to give Ian McDermott the credit that, you know, only he can be Emperor Palpatine truly yeah. and confidently because I wasn't sure who we were going to get because I know during the Clone Wars, they had a couple different actors come in and try and play Palpatine. But to hear that rich, earthy voice, I I chills, just immediate chills down the spine as I was terrified for whatever was about to happen. Yeah, he reprised the voice for his role in Rebels. So I wasn't too surprised mm-hmm. that they were able to pull him back for this. Yeah, that whole reveal, Rampart's, plan we're, we're kind of getting into plot now but yeah his plan being like 
foiled right before his very eyes and him being used as a pawn and then having the emperor just rise before the Senate after he was called out before for not being present for a lot of these proceedings was definitely the highlight for me. You rang. (laughs) Something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I I definitely felt the the connection to the prequels pretty strongly as well. Mm-hmm. I think um, the prequels really tried to, you know, showcase the political side of things a little bit more, um, sometimes more successfully than other times. But yeah, I, I felt like this was kind of like retroactively addressing a lot of what we got with the prequels, with the, the mm-hmm. clone army and that whole situation. It's like, how do we really make this transition from the prequels to what we saw in the original trilogy? And in that sense, I, I thought it it was great storytelling and great world building there. Um, it, it That first episode did feel a little bit like almost like a pilot to me. It didn't really feel like an episode mm-hmm. of Bad Batch at first because we weren't spending any time with any recognizable characters other than ones we had seen in the background in the prequels or Rampart obviously having showed up in the, in the show beforehand. But it almost kind of felt like I, I, I've been watching Game of Thrones, so it was kind of like fresh in my mind, but just the political intrigue and the manipulation mm-hmm. there like felt very present for me. It's funny that you think that this is a, or you said that this felt like a pilot episode because we've been talking about how the other episodes have felt like filler episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, like there was one episode that all of us agreed was good. And then last week's episode where you were on the lower side, I was up and about about it, and Andrew was like right in the middle. So it's kind of like, if this is everything that we love about the Bad Batch, that kind of was the pilot to kind of kick off the stuff that we've been asking for. True. Yeah, because I was really worried after that first episode because this is one of my favorite episodes of the, or that was one of my favorite episodes of the season. I'm like, wow, the episode that didn't have the Bad Batch was the (laughs) best episode of the Bad Batch. Mm -hmm. I was happy to see them bring it full circle. And I loved the second episode just as much as the first. Uh And it Mm -hmm. wasn't just that the Bad Batch was missing. It was that they just needed to tell a different story Mm -hmm. to get me on board Bad Batch or otherwise. So I like that they managed to bring it all together because I was very, very worried that it was like, wow, pilot to a story that we're only going to slightly care about no they actually made it you know all come together really well and yeah i mean this is very close to what a lot of uh, star wars the clone wars was jay scotty there's several Mm. episodes where it's like padme is doing senate things and tracking down people on the side streets of coruscant and then bail organa shows up and teaches her different things so like you just subbed out padme for uh, Rio here and mm-hmm. it just it worked the exact same way but I loved getting into that deep nitty gritty of like well there's bribes going on you got to track the trail of money and mm-hmm. figure out how you're actually going to do these political steps and mm-hmm. then it may have also felt a lot like Clone Wars to me because we actually have seen the senator once before way back I think in like oh, the okay. first or second season of the Clone Wars she was like a one-off character okay. but as soon as she popped back on screen I was like wait I know you yeah <laughs> Yeah, on the okay. flip end of that, so it's like we've seen the um, the the Camino senator as well because she was like really tight with the banking clan, trying to get them to like spend. It was always like there was always like, so what do we want to do about the next batch of clones? And she'd always be the one like always you know pushing the agenda, right? Because mm. obviously she wants the the Republic to spend money on them. But we got like a little recap of Echo talking to Omega. And Echo was a big, big part of Clone Wars. Like the Bad Batch were only in four episodes in the last season, but Echo right. was part of Rex's crew. Mm. Uh, so 
that that the weight of that and especially towards the end of the episode when he said bye and he was like i have to stay with rex and she's like we're a squad and i was like technically they've been a squad a lot longer like mm, yes. um scoots uh, do you know the background of echo like why he's kind of the way he is uh, I, I watched the episodes of the Clone Wars where they went on the rescue mission to to retrieve him. So I know he was basically okay. being used as like a human, like conduit to like enact some um, strategic manipulation of the clones. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, which is why they need the Bad Batch because they work off the book. And I like that Rex mentioned that too. He was like, "Oh, just I'm going off your plan. Just going to improvise." Yeah, yeah. So t- cool. there was so much, like all the good stuff about Clone Wars, really bled into these two episodes. And I, I can't express enough how much I appreciated that. Hmm. Yeah, and I, I appreciated the, especially in that in that first episode, kind of like talking about the political intrigue and like we were treated to like a nice little action set piece in the beginning when slip made his escape and it was very reminiscent of episode two but then after that it was like kind of a slow build with a real sense of like it was an ominous sense and then we got that great sniper shootout sequence and i have to admit like i was somewhere in the back of my mind i was like crosshair crosshair you showing up he wasn't quite as accurate as as crosshair so i was kind of glad that it wasn't him in that sense because the continuity there Uh but then when he when he used like the electric cyanide pill it was great to see that again because i i think the first time i saw that was in the mandalorian so to see that pop up again was like really cool i don't i don't remember ever seeing electric cyanide but that is interesting that they they did that because i was sitting there i was like all right when you're gonna break your tooth when's the foam gonna start coming i was like oh upgrade yeah (laughs) um I don't know if that's less intrusive or not. I mean, you know, quicker death. But there yeah. was a couple times where it's like when Senator Chuchi met up with Organa, I was like, man, it'd be cool if Ahsoka's going to come around the corner. I don't think it's going to be her, though. And then towards the end, I was like, Rex is going to pop up. Okay, yes, it's Rex. And then when they took the helmet off, I was like, this isn't Boba Fett, is it? Is it like mm. the early days of Boba Fett being a assassin? Like, budget bounty hunter? Because the, <laughs> the age makes up makes sense because he doesn't have oh, the, okay. the the speedy scaling, uh, but then when they killed him off, I was like, ah, oh, darn it. Yeah, honestly, that's a great question, and a one of many characters I would love to see come back is a you know fledgling Boba Fett here, mm-hmm. finally starting to get his things. Because I know there's a deleted scene from the last season of Clone Wars wherein he like gets his armor back so it's not canon but maybe they find a way to weave it into this show of like okay he's gotta you know go become a bounty hunter so we can bridge more of that gap between the seasons we still need like boba fett and omega dialogue too because yeah their creation is so similar well you talk about omega and i feel like this is a great point to bring up they did I, I really appreciated it, as sad as it is, but the fact that they brought up the Kaminoans and that they mm-hmm. were lost in all of this. It wasn't just clones. It was a whole, potentially almost entire race of people that yeah. were gone. And it, it's just, it hurts a whole lot more, but it reminded me that one of the scientists, I believe, escaped and yes. is, you know, out there. I, th- I think it was Nalase, if I remember correctly. Did she escape or was she like recruited? she I, I think I re- it was a bit of both yeah i i think it was like in a, a recruitment because you had like the main um i can't remember his name but the guy that was in charge of topeka city and basically there was the rampart had the dialogue of like i need her i don't need you 
yeah. and then we saw the doors close and it was like they didn't explicitly say what happened but it was pretty he did obviously broadcasted yeah yeah he did <laughs> yeah <laughs> so there is still that thread out there that again I, I brought it up last week oh yeah omega's a clone what does that actually mean for the entire cloning process and what dna they have left and you have this scientist out there there's still so many unanswered questions that this episode just kind of reminded me hey there is a story to tell in this grand scope of the rebellion going on and the clone f- downfall and i love that we're finally getting them called stormtroopers but i kind of like that it I don't know if it felt like a joke to you guys, but it kind of felt like a joke to me that Palpatine was like, and we will have the Imperial Stormtrooper. And it's just this weird silence of everyone just kind of being like, what's a Stormtrooper? Like, <laughs> no one said anything. No one applauded. No one clapped. I was just like, are they all confused? Because I'd be confused. <laughs> nah. Yeah. Nah, I definitely didn't have that moment because they were just talking about like the whole recruitment bill and whatnot. So I think it was just more of like branding reveal. Okay. It's like, ah, intrigue, intrigue. We have a name for it now. Mm. Because obviously like, everyone's still processing like what just went down and then that on top of it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm uh, glad I you d- got a chuckle out of it. <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> oh, I wanted to circle back to Omega a little bit because I did find myself like I was kind of waiting for someone to recognize that she was a clone or have more of like an extreme reaction when she revealed that she was a clone, particularly that um, Kaminoan. I I can't recall her name, but she just, just kind of the senator. Yeah, there was like a look of like surprise a little bit when she revealed, like, oh, that's unexpected. But um, I also thought it was a little, I don't know, haphazard of Omega just to be like going around revealing that she was a clone, especially yeah, when right. they're doing some covert operation. But I mean, I, I ultimately understand for the story is she was appealing to the clones as people and like they deserve rights and they deserve to have representation in the Senate. So it, it made sense in that regard, but I, I thought it was going to be a thread that uh, potentially put her in harm's way or, or, or something to that effect. But mm-hmm. yeah. well, I had the question, did her and Rampart never come face to face in the first season? Because he walked up to her in the hallway. I'm like, oh, yeah, no, uh, Rampart's uh, going to know who she is. And then just didn't look at her. So I have to assume he never actually saw her. But I don't know how that happened because the whole plot point was like, oh, the girl's gone or Omega's gone, rather. Yeah. That's a good point. I, I remember having a similar thought that, oh, he's definitely going to recognize her. But I didn't I didn't really follow it up af- afterwards. But, yeah, that, that that's a great, great point. I think it's kind of like the Clark Kent event uh, effect of like, why would you expect to see them like in plain sight in the Senate type of thing? Mm, sure. Like she's just casually walking around with the Senator. It's like, oh, her niece is in town. Mm. Niece of a different species. <laughs> <laughs> Adopted. <laughs> I, d- I don't question uh galaxy far away in her galactic. Uh... Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> I hate to say that I we got this maybe once or twice last season, but I do like the episodes where Omega's not part of the combat because the Bad mm. Batch just have this like chemistry that far exceeds potentially her birth. So just seeing that kind of like the the seamless interaction is always super fun. Mm. 
Yeah, I feel like they were much more in their element uh, this episode going on that covert mission. Nothing really went wrong. Like anything that was a little bit of an issue, they said, okay, we'll improvise as opposed yeah. to, oh no, someone screwed something up. Sure. Like it, it was a little closer to the Bad Batch we saw during Clone Wars, whereas I feel like they've almost been the butt of their own jokes during the TV show. As mm. unfortunate as that is, I feel yeah. like they've gone a little bit more of the comedy route uh, with the name show. Mm. Yeah. What did what did Tech say? He was like 0.6 meters off, not his yeah. best. <laughs> <laughs> and then Rex was like, "Oh, he's still not scared of heights." Is like this is him doing better. <laughs> yeah, sure, sure, sure. <laughs> I uh, love that. He's just Mr. It was just as simple as like fine. you just call the next person. What are we doing? This, no questions asked. All right, we're gonna go do it. Mm-hmm. Which I... was it last episode? Yeah, it was last episode where that's kind of what I was inferring with um, when Omega made the call to save uh, Gungi, mm-hmm. you brought up, it's like, they just kind of went with it. I was like, yeah, that's part of like her growth and being part of their chemistry, but it's also, we don't question that as much with them because they just move on what they need to do. Whereas like, I feel like when she does something, it's just like it's way out of left field, you know? I think it's more often her actions put her out of her depth. I think that's a little closer to what it is, is like Tech is doing something because he knows it's a last resort. It feels Mm -hmm. like Omega is doing it just because she wants to. Yeah, sure. And I think that's it's very close to what you said is, oh, she's growing, but she's still not quite there to realizing what risks need to be taken versus what risks she can take. And she's doing the she's doing the it's easier to ask for forgiveness and permission. Right. Yeah. Uh, I I think I hope this works out. I think that's a a good point, because I think that's part of the reason the Bad Batch is so protective of her and you know, despite the liability she might present, they want her to be a part of their quote unquote family because she is getting to have the childhood that they never really got to have. And like, Mm -hmm. there's something beautiful about that. So. And their uh, life has also always been, um, follow orders. Mm -hmm. And she's kind of like the part of them that gets to think outside the box. And she kind of provides that moral and ethical compass that Mm -hmm. they've never really had to worry about having. Yeah. 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 I mean, especially being under the Republic for so long, they are yeah. your compass. They point you essentially as a weapon. And we're seeing all the clothes struggle with this now, which I'm, I'm loving this dialogue about this whole issue. And for those who have seen Rebels, like we see what happens to the older clones and whatnot, but it's interesting seeing this point in time. Well, yeah. oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, you talk about, you know, some of the clones pushing back. At the same time, we have this assassin clone and his, you know, dying line being something along the lines of, you know, I'm still a believer or something along those lines like that was so interesting is, you know, (laughs) is he under the influence of an inhibitor chip or is he, you know, actually just like crosshair and believes in what the system is giving? You know, there's there's so many layers to unpack there when it comes to what that clone is going to mean to the story. Yeah, it's it seems the further removed we get from the inhibitor chips and Order sixty six, like the less impact that it has. We're really seeing these clones have more agency and make their own decisions and being and 
as a result, be held accountable for those decisions. So I would defer to, yeah, he was more along the lines of a crosshair. Like he actually believed in the cause and was willing Mm -hmm. to die for the cause. So um, something that kind of came up though, with the mention of rebels and kind of knowing how this plays out by knowing the future, as much as I appreciate the story and love seeing it kind of fleshed out, I kind of had that thought too. It's like in the Obi-Wan series, we had uh, spoilers for Obi-Wan, minor spoilers, but on the one planet you saw, Tamara Morrison reprise his role as like that old clone on the side of the street begging for, you know, change. So it's like as inspiring and hopeful we can be about this whole situation. We ultimately know that it's not going to go their way. So it's kind of tragic in that regard. (laughs) But then you have the flip where we have old Rex and Wolf and they're Mm. just retired on one of their old Republic walkers, just on this random desolate planet, just living their best life, just walking Mm. and fishing and just (laughs) literally just old and fat with big beards and just like, ah, whatever. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's, it's the interesting dilemma of prequels. They're telling a very interesting story, but we know the direction that it's going to go because I got very emotional with the, uh, you know, Echo leaving the group and saying his goodbye to Omega and her being distraught about it. Like, I was I was tearing up. I'm not even going to lie about that. But then I thought back and I'm like, I don't believe we will. I so Spoilers for Rebels here. It, it's kind of hard to talk without talking about the future. But we don't ever see the Bad Batch or Echo appear in any future property. So what mm-hmm. happens between now and then is a very interesting story to tell. They weren't written until afterwards. Well, that's yeah. exactly it. They weren't <laughs> written until after. So I don't want to th- immediately think, okay, they're going to die or whatever the case may be. I want to see where this interesting story goes and where they end up leaving them. Are they going to have a happily ever after with Omega on a planet or what's going to happen? Because we're getting into that weird, like Ahsoka's back because she was written after the fact. So that's why we didn't see her during the actual rebellion. So they have a lot of different ways that they can go with this, but I don't, I don't know what it is. A big galaxy. yeah, it's a it's a galaxy far, far away and very big. <laughs> yes, indeed. That is the fun thing about this is knowing where the story ends, but seeing how we got there. Because mm-hmm. there's mm-hmm. a lot of in between. A lot. Yeah. What's that old adage? It's not the destination, but the journey. It's the journey. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> the dope journey. The dope journey. There's a reason that Star Wars is you know, referred to as a space opera because it's pretty much sure. a soap opera in space. You're just waiting for the character you thought was dead to come back out of nowhere. Just like always, you know, I just call it an anime that started with live action. Interesting. <laughs> Interesting. There's yeah. a, there's a lot of layers there. Yeah. <laughs> I, I guess um, one of my final thoughts on this whole two episode arc situation And I kind of alluded to it at the beginning, but I really felt like the beginning of the season was setting up Rampart to be our big bad. And, you know, maybe there's maybe there's an opportunity for him to continue to show up and and squirm his way out of this situation. Or maybe we'll see him like absolutely desperate kind of at his wits end or whatnot. But it was surprising to me to have him like kind of taken off the board as the season's Mm -hmm. big bad. And I wonder who's going to replace him if we're if we're going to see that much more palpatine or or who's going to kind of fill in that gap what do you what are your thoughts on that i think there's another admiral that could be stepping into the picture soon okay i think i know where you're going with that 
Admiral Thrawn. A feeling. Ah, uh, yes. That would be God, interesting. Guys, menacing is one of my favorite villains ever. <laughs> nice. I mean, there is a chance that Crosshair steps up. You know, they could uh, possibly be promoting him into some sort of role. And it feels too similar to other things that we've seen. But like he could make a hero turn and start helping the rebellion or something along those lines. I doubt it, but I agree. Yeah, that opportunity at the end of last season. Yeah, it it felt very, very open ended on purpose. It was almost like I know he's coming back, but I don't know how is. But maybe that's just me being so used to those kinds of tropes. Mm-hmm. yeah i really do like rampart so i was kind of bummed that they you know kind of took him out of the picture so quick um but did anybody else like find themselves like really get frustrated for the clones during that bar scene when they were like what do you mean pension like i'd rather be fighting out there and this and that because like logistically i'm like sure just let them fight until they can then let them train the recruits and then let them be like leadership for the recruits and then just let them die off and it's just kind of like, the plan is simple. Why are you ruining their lives? <laughs> they were made for this. I, I I felt sympathy for them, but kind of in a different direction. The fact that they didn't seem to have any value for themselves outside of fighting. It's like they've known mm-hmm. no other life and they can't even like see a future that doesn't involve that. That's, that's where my sympathy ca- kind of came in. It was like, yeah, they've just been... We weren't Used trained the... for this scenario. What yeah, a line. Yeah. Yeah. What a line. Yeah. 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 And honestly, it's also the terrifying, like, okay, we saw a clone in Obi-Wan. We mm-hmm. didn't see a lot of clones in Obi-Wan, and we know how many there are still at this point at the end of the war. So <sighs> I Revenge don't... of the Sith to Obi-Wan was eight years. Give or take. Sure. It's I hard. Think it was like eight for that, and then another seven or eight to get to New Hope from Obi Wan. How old was Luke? Fifteen. Uh, Luke was. I think he was a little bit older than that. Yeah, I, th- I think he was 16, close to 18. 18, something like that. Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. so maybe it was like ten and eight years. So yeah, I mean, like with their, I mean, we saw what happened to Rex, but with the accelerated growth and stuff, like who knows what kind of shape they're in. I mean, like we're fresh off Revenge of the Sith at this point. But, mm-hmm. you know, in regards to like, we're, it, that's what I like about it's the journey is that we're seeing these different timelines and we're seeing like the gaps between events getting like narrower and narrower. Yeah, yeah, it's also very hard to use any judgment of actor age, because I know that's kind of where you were going. Sure. It's like, oh, wow, Tamara Morrison looked like he was a pretty old beat up clone. And it's like, well, he's aged because he was a different age than he was. It's in the same way of going from uh Ewan McGregor to Alec Guinness. It's like, wow, he looks a lot older for like 18 years in the <laughs> desert. That was a rough five years for you, there wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. There are two sons on Tatooine, okay? They take a toll. <laughs> Sunscreen can only go so far. <laughs> yeah, what do you need? Like SPF? Oh, I, whatever number you want to come up with. You just need Star Wars <laughs> metrics. You can't even use human numbers for it. True. There's Very too true. many zeros. Yeah, it's Very not true. SPF, it's SWPF for Star Wars PF. Oh, okay. There we go. Uh, Obi-Wan didn't learn mana skin. Ah. Uh, <laughs> Stole uh, my block over high. Ah, uh, okay. Okay. Anime things bleeding into our Star Wars podcast. Well, we do have Visions Season 2. And all the anime that we cover. Yeah, and I'm yeah. seeing some uh, rumors that there's a possibility we get that 
um, on May the 4th. So you never know. Woo! I would be very excited about that. Definitely. As if we don't have enough to talk about. (laughs) What do you mean? Our schedule's (laughs) totally fine. (laughs) I didn't cancel a whole other show to make sure I had enough time for this one. Obviously, it's my prime one. So, yeah, it always comes first. But well, on that note, yeah, I think we're all kind of here at the end. So seems like a good time as any. We're talking about other anime. We have a whole other show to record tonight. Uh, If any of you are a fan of My Hero Academia, uh, please keep up with that other coverage. And if not, you know, check out the show, check out us and our thoughts to even see if you might be interested in the other episodes that we are doing. Yeah, I, I won't be appearing on that episode, and those episodes tend to be the ones where we divulge into some of the other things we're watching a little bit more, so I will take a moment just to say I am current with Fox Machina Season 2 and still very much enjoying it, especially um, some of the guest voice actors that they have. Like As a big Lord of the Rings fan, it was awesome having Billy Boyd, the fool of a took himself, pop up. So... I'm going to say a quick thing about Vox Machina that you might, you guys might not like me for. Uh-oh. So I'm still watching season one. Okay. I've loved every episode that I've seen. Everything's great about it. But I don't have the dire urge to press next. If that okay. makes sense. Like, with Black Clover, it was like, I'm not going to sleep ever. And with this one, it's going to be like, man, I really like that episode. I think I'm going to take a break now and go do something. And then, like, for the rest of the day, I probably won't watch another episode. Or I'll watch it the next day. It's like, oh, you know, I'll switch things up and put on an episode of Vox Machina. But it's not, like, that dire need to press it, if that makes sense. Yeah, it totally makes sense. Uh, I have not had that experience with the show. It's like having these episodes <laughs> released in three-episode batches. I watch all three in one sitting, typically, nice. is how I've been doing which is a little unusual for me. Like, normally I am, like, I'll watch one or two episodes of something and then like take a break to do something else. But uh, I, I'm just enjoying that much, but hey, different strokes for different folks. You still like it. It just, you know, yeah. you got to ingest it at a different pace. That's okay. Yeah. I feel like that bar is also very high for me personally these days to have something that I can just continue to hit play on because like busy lifestyle this month, whereas you've mm-hmm. been recovering. So like totally different, points in time but i mean so I'm does kind of in... not gonna give you that i need to press next or i'm in the middle like when i'm watching the three episodes i'm like okay i'm gonna plow through all three okay but i'm not like oh it's friday i have to tune in i'll wait until like okay. monday tuesday like I, it's whenever i get the free time i'm not it's not like my hero where i wake up and i'm like okay when can i watch this episode yeah so it's mm-hmm. it's a mix i was thinking about that with vox machina too and i think like I think Black Clover just kind of became my comfort show because I started it like the day that I caught home from surgery. So it's kind of like living through their lives and being able to binge four seasons where it's like, I know Vox Machina is only a season and starting the second. So it's like, I'm trying not to burn through it, but it's like, Mm -hmm. I got so invested in somebody else's animated life, which is kind of what anime has just been doing for me all my life. Mm-hmm. But I just got so invested with like their stories and stuff because like I had to hit pause on having a life because of surgery recovery. So I don't know if that has something to do with it, but in my free time, that's just been something I've been thinking about a lot. Totally fair. Well, that is just a little bit of a taste of what you might hear <laughs> on the My Hero Academia episodes. But uh, yes, thank you all for listening. 
Um, I will encourage you, like the show, share the show, rate and review the show. A five-star review would be so very much appreciated. If you like what we're doing here, you got to let us know. You got to give us some love. That's right. I saw you almost start. <laughs> I was so close. You're not I was like, go too deep in this if I start. What's wrong with the world, Mama? We haven't got a review in so many months. <laughs> All right. Okay. Uh, uh, yes, if you get a uh, review, I will sing it next week. There you go. There's the. There is the way that you get your words coming sing song out of my mouth. Is I will sing the next review. We'll make there the whole go. remix just for you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I like it. <laughs> and whatever your review is throw in a black eyed peas like pun in the title somehow so yeah, <laughs> we know that you you heard this anyway um social medias where can they find us mr rogers well you can find me at any beautiful day in the neighborhood um <laughs> <laughs> Could not with a setup like that, but yeah, you can right. find all of us on all of our social medias. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram, Animation Deliberation, and Twitter at Animation Delib One, a great place to catch up and keep track of all of our information, as well as share all of the content that we're doing and catch up with any memes that I happen to find funny that day of the week. So it's or a great time. To send you throughout the week. Or yeah, it, any of the hosts will <laughs> send me right memes here. and then I just put them on the story. It's it's a great way to catch up. That's all that it is, as well as uh, you can find us on strandapanda.com and the Strandapanda Facebook chat. Yep. Send us some feedback. Uh, anything to plug as far as appearances on other shows? Nope, nothing. All right, well... Thank you all for tuning in. That's T-O-O-N-I-N. May the force be with you and stay around. And Zuhair stole my bit, so until I come up with a better one, muscle, muscle. Thank you for listening to the Animation Deliberation Podcast, a proud member of the Stranded Panda Network. If you would like to contact us, you can email animationdeliberationpodcast at gmail.com or follow us on Twitter at animationdelib1. For this and other great shows, you can visit strandapanda.com or join the great community that is the Strandapanda Chat Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash svchat. Tune in next time, and remember, stay whelmed. Valentine's Day is right around the corner and love is in the air. Jaron Solomon here to tell you about a very special Valentine's Day offer. Spend $4.99 or more and get anywhere from a pair of Apple AirPods to a MacBook Pro. Get a special gift for the one you love and get a gift for yourself. So celebrate your love story with a gift that's made to last a lifetime. Browse our Valentine's Day gift guide online or visit us at Solomon Brothers in Bucket or Alpharetta online at SolomonBrothers.com. Introducing the Dunkin' Run. A dollar donut with any medium coffee. A whole new era of... I'm going on a Dunkin' Run. You want anything? Yeah, maybe a jelly donut and an iced coffee. You got it. Ooh, wait, actually glazed donut and a hot coffee. Mm. Okay, <clears throat> back on track. Make it a Dunkin' Run. Get a $1 donut with any medium coffee. America runs on Dunkin'. Exclude specialty donuts and fancies. Offer valid on medium or larger coffees. Price and participation may vary. Limited time offer. Terms apply.